Welcome to Your Health To Go, brought to you by Demystifying Your Health, providing the clarity that you need. I'm Ashley Wood, registered nurse and author, your host. In each episode, we take a health topic that's important to you and break it down into easy to understand information. We also discuss the most common treatments and preventative techniques. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get started. Today's topic is arrhythmias. An arrhythmia isn't something that you usually have to worry about. Some of them can occur without you even knowing you have one. Others are life-threatening and need immediate medical treatment. What exactly is an arrhythmia? How do you know whether the type you have is serious? What can be done to correct it? An arrhythmia is when the electrical impulses that regulate your heart rate isn't functioning the way it should and causes your heart to beat too fast, slow, or irregularly. These changes in the rhythm can cause a fluttering feeling in your chest, feeling like your heart is either racing or going too slow, palpitations, chest pain, sweating, shortness of breath, lightheadedness, dizziness, or fainting. Due to the wide variety of arrhythmia types, there are numerous possible causes. Some of the more common ones are if the person is currently having a heart attack, scar tissue from a prior heart attack interrupts the normal flow of electrical impulses, changes in your heart structure, coronary artery disease, diabetes, sleep apnea, electrolyte imbalance, high blood pressure, thyroid problems, either over or underactive, congenital heart problems, smoking, drinking too much alcohol or caffeine, abusive drugs, taking certain medications, being under a lot of stress, and a family history of arrhythmias or other heart problems. Most arrhythmias are classified by the rate and where they originate from, either the top or bottom parts of your heart. Typically, your normal resting heart rate is between 60 to 100 beats per minute. If your resting heart rate is above 100 beats per minute, it's called tachycardia. If it's below 60 beats per minute, it's called bradycardia. Your heart has four chambers with two atria on top and two ventricles on the bottom. In order for them to pump blood throughout your body, they need to receive a signal to contract at the right time. This is under the control of the electrical pathway of your heart that starts in the sinus node, which is located in your right atrium. Once the sinus node initiates the electrical process, it moves across the atria and signals the muscles to contract, which sends the blood that is in them down into the ventricles. The electrical signal reaches the atrioventricular, or AV node, which slows the impulse down slightly before sending it to the ventricles. This allows the ventricles to receive the blood from the atria before getting the signal to contract and sending the blood throughout your body. Tachycardic rhythms are divided into those that start in your atria versus those that start in your ventricles. The ones that start in your atria are atrial fibrillation, atrial flutter, and supraventricular tachycardia. Atrial fibrillation, or AFib, is when there's a chaotic impulse in your sinus node signaling the atria to contract rapidly. These contractions are uncoordinated and weak, which means that the blood in your atria isn't usually pumped into the ventricles like it's supposed to be. 
Instead, the blood pools in the atria and increases your risk of developing a blood clot. These abnormal electrical impulses also affect the AV node, which tells your ventricles to rapidly contract at an irregular rate. Not usually as fast as your atria, though. Atrial flutter, or A flutter, is like atrial fibrillation in cause, but the rhythm is less uncoordinated. Superventricular tachycardia, or SVT, is the term used to describe any other type of arrhythmia that starts above the AV node and ventricles. One example of this is Wolf-Parkinson-White, or WPW, syndrome. Tachycardic rhythms that start in the ventricles are usually more serious because they are typically more life-threatening, and include ventricular tachycardia, ventricular fibrillation, and long QT syndrome. Ventricular tachycardia, or VTAC, is similar to atrial fibrillation in that there are chaotic electrical impulses that signal the ventricles to rapidly contract, but the origin of the impulses come from the AV node instead of the sinus node. Just like in AFib, these contractions are uncoordinated and weak, so your ventricles are unable to pump a sufficient amount of blood to the rest of your body. If VTAC isn't treated quickly, it can turn into ventricular fibrillation. Ventricular fibrillation, or VFib, is when the abnormal electrical impulses are occurring so rapidly that your ventricles don't have time to contract at all. So they are just quivering, and there's no blood being pumped out of them. If this isn't corrected within a few minutes, it's usually fatal. Long QT syndrome is a disorder that increases your risk for developing fast, frenzied heartbeats that results in fainting or, in some cases, sudden death. It's most often the result of a genetic mutation, congenital heart defect, or taking certain medications. A premature heartbeat is when you have an extra beat and might feel like your heart skipped a beat and are often caused by stress, strenuous exercise, or stimulants. It isn't uncommon for these to happen occasionally and doesn't usually indicate that you have a serious problem. The concern is if you have a history of heart disease or another underlying risk, a premature heartbeat can cause an arrhythmia. It's important to note that having a bradycardic heart rhythm doesn't necessarily signify a problem. For very athletic people, it isn't uncommon for them to have a normal resting heart rate that is below 60 beats per minute. Also, one of the side effects of certain medications is having a lower heart rate. Concern arises when your heart rate is slow and your body is unable to pump enough blood throughout your circulatory system. Sick sinus syndrome is when your sinus node isn't sending the electrical impulses correctly, resulting in your heart rate being too slow or causing an intermittent speeding up and slowing down of the rate. Sometimes this is the result of scar tissue near the sinus node blocking the travel of the electrical impulses. A conduction block is similar in that the electrical impulses are being blocked or delayed, but location is usually somewhere closer to the AV node or down the individual ventricle electrical pathways. The treatment for arrhythmias depends on the type. For tachycardic rhythms, there are several options. The initial thing that your doctor might try is called the vagal maneuver. They will instruct you to cough, bear down like you're having a bowel movement, or put an ice pack on your face. All of these techniques stimulate your vagus nerve, which helps to regulate your heartbeat. If this doesn't help, 
because it's not effective for all types of tachycardia, your doctor might need to give you an injection of an antiarrhythmic medication to change your heart rhythm. If the injection works, they'll probably prescribe an oral medication for you to take to help keep your heart rhythm under control. If the injection doesn't work, your doctor might try a procedure called a cardioversion, which is where they send an electrical signal to your heart by placing patches on your chest and send a shock through them to your heart. This should return your heart to a normal rhythm. One of the permanent solutions is called an ablation and is when a catheter is inserted into one of your blood vessels and guided to your heart. Once in position, the tip of the catheter is heated so that it destroys the tissue to create a block along the electrical pathway that is causing the problem. Another possible surgical option is called the maze procedure and is where a surgeon makes a series of surgical incisions into the heart tissue in the atria to create a pattern or maze of scar tissue. While this is very effective, it's usually reserved for people who don't respond to other treatments since it does involve open heart surgery. Your doctor may also recommend implanting a device that can help control abnormal heart rhythms, such as a pacemaker or implantable cardioverter defibrillator, or ICD. Both devices are small and usually placed under the skin near your collarbone. From the device, there is an insulated wire that extends to your heart and is permanently anchored to it. A pacemaker can be used for either tachycardic or bradycardic rhythms and it is usually the only form of treatment for bradycardic rhythms that don't have an underlying cause that can be corrected. If it detects either type, it will send an electrical impulse to your heart signaling it to beat at a normal rate. An ICD is used if you're more likely to have VTAC, VFib, or sudden cardiac arrest because it has the ability to emit low or high energy shocks to your heart to get it to go back to a normal rhythm. This is very much like using external cardioversion just with inside your body. Besides these interventions, your doctor will recommend that you make lifestyle changes in order to improve your heart health. The best way to prevent any arrhythmia from occurring is by living a heart-healthy lifestyle. One of the key steps to doing this is to eat a diet that is low in salt and solid fats, but rich in fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. It's also essential to increase your level of physical activity with the goal being to build up to doing some form of exercise pretty much daily. By doing both of these things, you'll be able to maintain a healthy weight, which is vital since being overweight increases your chances of having heart disease. Eating healthy and exercising will help you to keep your blood pressure and cholesterol levels under control. If you smoke, quit. If you don't smoke, try to avoid being around people who do because secondhand smoke is also bad for your health. When using over-the-counter medications, such as some cold and cough medications that contain stimulants, be careful because they can trigger a rapid heart rate. If you drink alcohol or caffeine, do so in moderation. Also key to reduce the amount of stress in your life. Participating in activities like yoga, meditation, and using relaxation techniques can be extremely beneficial. There has been some thought that acupuncture and omega-3 fatty acids might be helpful in reducing and preventing arrhythmias, but further research is needed. Having any sort of arrhythmia can come as a shock, especially if it's a life-threatening one. 
The good news is there are many ways to treat and manage them so you can live a healthy life. If you have any questions or concerns about arrhythmias, please speak with your doctor. If you would like more information, please visit the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute's Arrhythmia page. Thank you for spending some time with me today. If you found the material to be valuable and helpful, please tell your friends about us. We're on social media, so like and follow us there to stay up to date on our latest information. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter on our website. Stay healthy, and please join us next time on Your Health To Go. Now, time for the legal statement. Please keep in mind that the content we provide is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified competent health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on Your Health To Go or seen on the Demystifying Your Health site. Demystifying Your Health does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned. Reliance on any information provided by Demystifying Your Health, its employees, others appearing at the invitation of Demystifying Your Health, or other visitors to the site is solely at your own risk. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately.